All right, so we are here today with Rashad Waters, a buddy of mine for over 20 years and you know we've co-hosted the the marching podcast together with with joe beard who's also going to be in the book but um anyway i'm here with rashad waters hampton university graduate how are you doing what's going on dr christie i'm doing fantastic day and getting better Good, good. Okay, so I'm so glad you're here because, of course, you know, this is part of the series that we're doing on the book that's coming out. And, you know, I don't want to forget to give it a plug. So let me just get that get that in there now. So the HBCU Experienced HBCU Band Alumni Edition is the book that we're all included in. Uh, it is, you know, and it's part of it's book, book six of an anthology series with authors from different HBCU telling their experiences. So this is the um, one dedicated to, to bands and band people, you know, alumni at March in the Band. And it comes out on Tuesday, April 27th. And you can find it on amazon.com. So again, that's the HBCU Experience, HBCU Band Alumni Edition. All right. So with that said, Rashad, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to participate in this book. I'm so excited about it, but I want to know more about you. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, well, I am from Durham, North Carolina, born and raised, number one city in the world, uh, number eight in the nation when it comes to food. So make sure you stop by and get you some good uh, food over here. And I am a trombone player, proud to be uh, a trombone player, best instrument in the world as well. Let's see here. So where do you want me to start? Well, you know, I, I did say that you are a grad of Hampton University. So so talk about that. Talk about the force. Like, you know. Okay. Let's see here. So I started way back in the day. Uh, let me see here. When I started school in, uh, what was that, 2015? And um, uh, Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that not correct? Hold on. Let me look at my files. Oh, it was, it was 1995. I'm right. sorry. Okay. That sounds about right. A little bit off. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember uh, going to Hampton. Um, I was looking at a lot of different schools to go to. I uh, went to family band camp. It was a life changing experience for me because I marched in a, in a core style high school. Uh, just like my chapter in the book, you know, I didn't know anything about show style band at all. But it was it was the fire that was inside of me you know, that I wanted to play louder with passion and play contemporary music. So going to FAMU band camp was just a completely eye-opening experience. I mean, it went from, you know, playing, um, learning 10 songs the whole year to memorizing 30 songs in two days. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. And I wanted, I had to get more of that, but I definitely wasn't going to go to FAMU band camp because, you know, it's the highest of seven hills. And I remember marching all seven of them hills. I'm like, nah, I'm good with this. And plus the band was just too big. You know, if I was one of 30 trombone players, what did it matter if I was in the band or not? You know, I wanted to go someplace where I could have more of an impact. And um, I remember I got a phone call from Mr. Smart. I was expecting a call from Mr. Gaines that was the band director at Morehouse at the time. And uh, he invited me to come up, you know, to audition. And so I went up there and I saw that, you know, that they had my major, which is uh, I wanted to be an engineer, but I also, you know, like music and they had music engineering. I said, like, oh, shoot. And then also when I went to Morehouse, the girls were on a completely different campus and all the girls at Hampton were right there. I'm like, I guess I'm going to Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. So, so was an HBCU always your first choice? Let me see here. I don't know if that was always my first choice. 
Um, but I think once I saw, really the whole thing started for me when I saw Southern on TV for the first time. And, and again, I mentioned that in my chapter as well. When I saw Southern and I saw this trombone player hit the yard line and he threw his horn up in one direction and he did his spin and his shaker, he went one way and his shaker went the other way. And I was like, man, I got to do that. So after that, yes, HBCUs were definitely number one on my list. Okay. Okay. So, you know, let's talk about your experience marching for, for Hampton. So, you you know, you talked about your, when you auditioned, but like, what was it like once you got there? Like, how was camp? And, you know, maybe we can even talk about like, like battles, memorable battles that you might've had. Okay. Well, the first thing I remember about being in Hampton was being in that amazing trombone section. Let me tell you, man, our trombone section was like the X-Men. Like, and what I mean by that is like, Mr. Smart was like Professor X, you know, traveling all over the world, recruiting the, 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 the mutants, because these trombone players, like every one of them had like a different power. Like one of them could play anything he heard. And another one could play the highest notes on the trombone. <laughs> and mm-hmm. another one, like, I mean, it was just, each one of them was just amazing. And I would thought I was the bomb in high school and I was trash. <laughs> you know, I found I was like, man, I'm terrible. You know, so being a part of that really helped me to become so much better of a trombone player. And I remember having these great battles against um, these uh, trombone sections all across the, the, in the nation. You know, so uh, my freshman year, um, we did a lot of traveling. We went to D.C., we went to New Jersey and played against Gramlin. We went to uh, Baton Rouge and played against um, Southern. We went to Jacksonville and played against Bethune. Um, and that was in the, the Jaguar Stadium that was just built that year. Mm-hmm. You know, so just traveling all over the place, it was just such an amazing experience, you know, and, and playing against these bands that I had heard on TV, like, you know, Gramlin and Southern, and then going against their trombone sections and, um, you know, and really, quite frankly, I mean, when I was in school, pretty much the whole time, we pretty much would run through trombone sections. I mean, our trombone section was was pretty hellified. I just I'll say that because we could play. <laughs> OK, that running through is a little subjective, but I'm going to let you slide with that. Anyway, when I face off against you, I think you graduated. So I'm going I'm to, you know, you don't mm. have to make it on half the band. But yeah, when we ran up against y'all section in 99, good God, that was that was hellified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no comment no comment so you were marching that year that um that we that we played y'all and it was in hampton of course you know because i'm always going to remember the hampton games because that's my hometown and then when we faced off against y'all yeah you, yeah that was your sophomore year yeah that was 1996 i remember that was the uh so we had already battled against southern the year before and stayed after like a an hour um, after the game over. So we were used to having long battles. But the first time Hampton and the a masked up and we stayed after the game for two hours and between the two bands, I think we played about, uh, was it about 60 different songs between the two bands? And I remember how we played the whole game and a sat there the whole game and didn't play much of anything because y'all was saving y'all songs for the, for the fifth quarter. <laughs> Which we demolished. We yeah. demolished. Yeah, well, hey, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> You're sitting there the whole game not playing anything, and you got plenty of songs to play versus us. You know, you know what? I'm going to edit you out of this. I'm not even going to post this just for you talking all this smack. 
Keep it real, though. Keep it real. No, I keep it real. Keep it real. We ran up across across the yeah, field. That's what we did. Yeah. Y'all ran, ran across us and played backstabbers and a second time. And, and y'all looked at, <laughs> no, no. And y'all looked at us like like a deer with head cut off, like we was about to charge y'all. It's like we like what is this band doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was that was so much fun, and I really enjoyed you know the battles against A and T. You know, I'm, I'm a North Carolinian myself, you know, so I've always been partial, you know, to A and T. You know, um, I really I that North Carolina loud type of playing that's that's definitely in me. You know what I mean? So I've always really enjoyed our, our matchups, you know, uh, uh, against T. Well, um, I'm not gonna. This is not an A and T podcast so we gonna we gonna move it to, to you and more more specifically i want to talk about mr smart now mr smart the the late barney smart was I, I mean he was one of my favorite band directors to work with when i was doing the fifth quarter and i just have a whole lot of respect for him and so if you could maybe you know talk a little bit about him and his style and you know just since you were under his baton you know mm, okay um, well, Mr. Smart was definitely the epitome of, of class. That was the number, one of the main things I, I learned about him. And um, he just taught me so much in terms of music, of, of how to get into the little details in order to, you know, take something and uh, he would always call it lifting the notes off the page, you know, which is doing more than just playing the notes that are there, but interpreting them in such a way that, it, that you're making music. And then, you know, <laughs> if he got upset, John brought it, you know. <laughs> Smart was funny because when he got upset, uh, like if the band messed up, you know, he would he would stop conducting and he would just smile. And you think, oh, we must have done really well, you know. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he would just freak out. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. You know, you you did it a little bit, but like, if you could give us a snippet of the chapter that you wrote or, you know, kind of tease us a little bit because you don't want to give everything away. But if you could like big picture, talk about what you wrote about. Let me tell you, um, my chapter is really about me discovering myself um, as, as a black man you know, um, as an African-American in general, I guess, you know, growing up um, in the church and just having a certain perspective about the way things were done, particularly musically, you know, and in the band I was in, in high school, that wasn't appreciated. You know, there wasn't, and I didn't, I didn't understand that difference because I didn't know any better. I just knew that I didn't feel appreciated, you know, not fully. Um, and then when I discovered Showstyle Bands and then marched with Hampton's band, it was a completely different world. And I think, Christy, didn't you march at Core Style as well? Yep, mm-hmm. in high school, so, I sure did. And I know that Dr. Jones did at Hampton. And I think there is just this thing when it comes to people that have marched Core Style, that when we get to Showstyle Bands in college, you it just flips the script. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God. I didn't know this was here. And I think there's a certain level, even Mr. Campbell, you know, uh, Aaron and A&T, you know, we were best, we were, uh, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know how he was at A&T's band. It's like, it's like getting to the promised land. It's like all these things that you wanted to do and how you felt about music and how you wanted to interpret music and all of that was there. And so when we join bands like that, we just show out. <laughs> right, you know, right. Um, everybody they called me flashlight, 
You know, mm-hmm. they, say, they say that I, I outshine all the rest. Really, it was more so because I just really worked hard. You know, I really, really, you know, really worked hard because this was something that I was so passionate about. You know, I would whatever many hours I needed to work, I would do that because I knew what it was like not to have that experience. So I was reading through your bio, just skimming through it, and I didn't realize that you were a charter member of the FIMU Alpha chapter there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Ma'am. Um, I did that with uh, a fellow Hamptonian of yours, uh, Shawan Walden. Did you know Shawan? Oh, well, you know that we grew up together now. Shawan and I grew up together. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, we met in like elementary school. I've known him since we were in elementary school. Get out of town. So yeah. He's in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he came to me, you know, talking about an organization that he had at Jam U. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's my buddy, you know, so whatever he's doing, I'm going to do. You know, and so um, I was proud to to be a part of that number. And it's been a real testament to um, legacy, you know, to see that the organization has continued, you know, for uh, over 20 years, you know, at this point, based off of the work that we put in, you know, back when I was marching. It's just, it's really humbling to see that. Right. Okay, good. So we know that, of course, the band is a huge part of HBCUs. Tell us why, in your opinion, you think the band is so instrumental to the HBCU experience. Oh, man, I, I wouldn't say just to the HBCU experience, but just to just to black culture in general. Um, this is something. So I own a company, Block Band Music and Publishing. We're a company that provides music and instruments to march bands literally all across the nation and even across the world. And every time that I hire or every time that I interview someone, I tell them, I say next to the church. There is no organization that supports the black community as much as the show style band. You know, when you're talking about, you know, father figures and your band directors, because a lot of kids don't have them, you know, and often sometimes mother figures, you know, when you're talking about um, developing relationships with other adults, like your, your, um, your, uh, your uh, assistant band directors and percussion instructors and auxiliary coordinators or band boosters. When you're talking about developing relationships with other students and learning respect, not just, you know, respect for the local drug dealer, the person that's got his pants hanging off his butt or the girl with the shorter shorts, you know, but learning respect, you know, for the, for the young man or the young woman that is working the hardest, like the drum majors and section leaders, you know, learning discipline and getting exercise. And then, you know, so many of our young people will not even get out of the county that they're in. But if you're in the show style band, you're definitely going to get out of your county just going to different football games and competitions and sometimes often out of your state. And some bands will even get the chance to travel internationally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to um, and then, you know, going back to the uh, to the uh, HBCU experience, you know, getting that pride, you know, I mean, that's. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to be associated, you know, with one thing. But when the band is is playing in the school spirit, I mean, I don't, probably A&T's got more pride. You know, you know, you guys got that that slogan there, and you know, and the band is saying that, and y'all are the ones that are pushing everybody, you know, to to have that Aggie pride. You know, I mean, that's just a that's just an amazing thing. And then mm-hmm. lastly, when it comes to music, you know, kids that are not in the band, you know, um, they probably know ten, maybe twenty years worth of music. You know, but kids that are in the band, they know 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years worth of music, maybe even more if they're playing classical music as well. You know, so to the HBCU experience, to Black culture in general, to American culture, I think the Showstop Band is 
is a treasure and it's something that has to be protected. Okay, great, great. So let's talk about your involvement with um, with the force now. Like, do you keep up with their happenings? I, I mean, I know I know you are, but <laughs> but go ahead and answer my question anyway. Like, um, do you still keep up with? You know, maybe you find me Alpha Brothers that are actives now and and those kinds of things. Do you still keep up? I do. Um, I definitely, you know, come out to homecoming from time to time. And, you know, uh, they, um, they let us march, you know, and they play um, in the band, you know, sometimes with the alumni band. And then probably the day after, you know, I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> you know, I enjoy that. Um, I wish I had the chance to do um, even more, you know, which I could go to every single homecoming, you know, that would be, that would be great. Um, but really, I would say I'm more so keyed in with, probably more so than most people, I'm keyed in with show style bands in general. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've been to the Honda a number of number of times. Um, as a matter of fact, my company, um, every time that we do our annual meeting, because my staff is literally from all across the nation, some, and even some people like in across the world, like Korea and other places. So us meeting together is a very difficult thing to do. So generally we will meet together at the Honda Battle of the Bands, you know, um, so I'm going to always attend those things again with Block Band. I'm going to, you know, um, major um, uh, HBCU uh, football games. I'm going to competitions, you know, all across the nation. You know, so I'm definitely keeping my my um, myself on the pulse of what's happening with H HBCU bands in general. Right, and of course, you know, we can't forget you were a panelist on the Marching Podcast. That's correct. Yep. So. Every mm -hmm. Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'm watching these shows. <laughs> trying mm -hmm. to yeah, so, so tell them about your prunalysis. I mean, you you being humble here, you kind of holding back because I, I know you and like you, you're not talking about your prunalysis or your prune juice persona or what, what's going on. Krista, there's so much to tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, you know, I remember my first experience, you know, outside of, of Hampton's band. And I just knew that every time we ran up against somebody, we were cut. And the reason why I knew that is because I played so well. Like, I didn't really miss notes. I knew my music, you know what I mean? So obviously the whole band did. And it wasn't until after I graduated. I think the first game I went was um, Hampton versus Winston-Salem State in like 2000. And, 2000. and um, it was a completely different experience, you know, I'm hearing from the outside of the band what was happening. So I began to go on the fifth quarter and talk about what I heard. And I didn't have any bias. That's just, that's just me. Um, just like you heard me, you know, give A&T a compliment, you know, as far as your pride is concerned. I've always been the person that, yeah, just tell it like it is. You know, mm -hmm. I do, I'm not ashamed to, you know, if, if we caught an L, I'll say it. If we did a W, then I'll say it. You know, and so I think people began to respect that. And that began to become my calling card card was telling it like it is. Um, now my name, my name in college was flashlight. I mean, that was, that wasn't my nickname. That was my name. If you mm -hmm. ask people, Oh, have you seen Rashad? They probably wouldn't know who you were talking about, but you said flashlight, everybody knew. So I couldn't go on the fifth quarter calling myself flashlight because that was my name. So therefore I went by another nickname that uh, my section leader called me prune juice. Cause I always used to scowl up when we were marching. And my section leader look at you know look at my forehead and see it all scowled up like some prunes. So mm -hmm. oh, it's prune juice. <laughs> I never so, knew that's how you got that name. I never knew that. Wow. Yep. 
I feel yeah. like you got a hidden reason behind that name that you're not just gonna you're not gonna say on the podcast or in public, right? No, no, that's it. I'm, I'm gonna tell it like it is. If it was bad, it, it would be bad. But no, it, was, it wasn't too bad. You know, okay. so uh, juice was the name. And, uh, you know, I used to, uh, or the prunester, <laughs> as I started calling myself. <laughs> the prunester, go, telling it like it is. That, like was your, it is. that was your tag. Yep. And I would go through, and uh, it was always fun to do, because I would do the most detailed analysis that I could do. You know, I would never say this band cut this band out, or this band blew this other band out. I would just say, such and such played this song, Melophone's out of tune, trombone sounded good, you know, blah, blah, blah you know, as specific as possible. And I would kind of tell you who I thought won, but really I would more so try to lead it, leave it up to you to decide based off of my thorough analysis, you know, um, who you thought was better. And it was always so funny because it never, it, it, it never failed that somebody that never read a analysis before, as soon as I said something about their band, all of a sudden I'm biased. Oh, boy, Jackson State people would come after me, boy, or the FAMU people would come after me. I'm like, bro, mm. I've been this for years <laughs> where like you where been? you been where right. you been <laughs> I, can't, can't, I, can't, I help that your band called an L this time let's just listen here's detail here's the detail here's the facts and um still to this day I appreciate the fact that people tell me that they really appreciate you doing that um because it's something that's needed if we're going to grow as an art form the first thing we have to be is a lot more um, objective about our art form we have to get out of this bashing each we, we can't just bash each other you know what i mean we've got to learn to to get better you know to work on tone quality to work on intonation to use technologies to get better as an art form and it, that starts with being able to objectively criticize and and um look at what needs to be improved in our art form so hopefully you know i've done my part in doing that and so i was it was my honor uh, as block band was was growing you know, I wanted to, again, keep my keep my company in addition to myself on the pulse of everything that was happening in the show style band. So when I saw Joe out there doing the marching podcast, I hit him up like, hey, man, what you got going on there? And so, um, you know, for some years now, I guess it's been seven years since Joe and I first, you know, talked. You know, uh, he had me on the show. I think the first time I was on was after the Honda Battle of Bands one year. Mm-hmm. And I've been on almost every, other than the last two years, obviously the last year was a, a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, now that I think about it, the whole crew is in the book. You, yeah. me, Bridget, and Rashad. I mean, it's yep. Bridget um, and Joe. So yep. all of and us. You know, I'm sure Joe's whole chapter is probably talking about somebody dedicated their song to Jesus and so their band called an L. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the chapter is about, but it is good. His is good. Honestly, everybody's is good good in here. And I, I just can't wait to like you get your hands on it. But um, so tell me about like what you're doing now. And then also talk about, you know, how people can get in touch with you. Okay. Um, so right now, well, okay. So um, let me see here. Okay, let me get my words together. I'm full-time, full-time employment. I'm a car salesperson. I work at Fred Anderson Nissan in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, you know, come and hit me up if you need the perfect vehicle for yourself. But outside of that, like I said, I'm the CEO of Block Band Music and Publishing. Um, You can uh, contact us at 919-698-2560, or you can email us at blockbandmusic at gmail.com. Okay. And, um, you know, what we're doing is we are providing 
uh, music for band programs all across the nation. So right now, the way that you get music for your band program is either you write it yourself. And so you are what I call an Iron Man band director, which means that you're doing everything. You know, you're writing all the music, doing all the drills and stuff. And that's what a lot of the young cats do. But let me tell you, you, you do you do band directing enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see your family every now and then, you know? Right. So we come in and we really learn uh, what your band program needs. Now, the way that Block Band is different than everybody else out there is that I understand that there are different types of bands, okay? You have um, your Southwest style bands. These are like your Southerns, your Jacksons, you know, um, Texas Southerns, Gramlins. They play a certain way. You know, they're trying to peel your face off, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you have your um, Southwest style bands, you know? These bands are more so, they're going to they're gonna try to hit you with the big sound as opposed to a loud sound, you know? Um, that's fam you, you know, Bethune Cookman. I mean, they're the mm-hmm. epitome of that type of sound. Okay. Then you have your North style sound. The North style bands are not going to try to kill you with their sound. North style bands are going to try to outplay you. They're yeah. going to be the hardest, the hardest runs. The mellophones are going to be just doing stuff. They're not just going, Woo-hoo! you know, yeah. <laughs> Rue. you know, it's rude now. Everybody's like, well, we ask the baritones, you know, or, you know, all that stuff. You know? <laughs> They're, we're actually trying to outplay you. You know, it's interesting. A&T started really more so like that Southwest style band and then became more of like the North style band, you know? So um, it, knowing that I know how to fit the arrangers that have a certain style to match a band program that, that were band directors came from that particular style. You know, if you are um, a band director that came from FAMU, well, if I give you some music from Southern, it, it or that style, it may not work and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. Um, on top of that, we have been able to provide drill for band directors as well. And we've been able to provide them things like their shoes and their spats and their gloves and their drumsticks and the drum heads and almost everything. So our goal is to make it so that you as a band director only have to go one place. you get got enough to deal with. So listen, just tell me what song you want. <laughs> you right. know, tell me what shoes you want. Tell me what you want your drum line to sound like. We'll take care of everything. You take care of them babies. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to, to be here and talk with me about this. And again, you know, the book comes out Tuesday, Amazon, HBCU, um, HBCU experience, HBCU band alumni edition. So on the, comes out on the 27th. So Rashad, we're gonna have to talk a little bit um offline because I got some I got some stuff to discuss with you. But anyway. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad you were able to come on to the podcast. So thank you again. Thank you, Dr. Christie. You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.